0: Have you ever looked in the mirror and thought you'd be further along financially by now? If so, you're not alone. Many people find themselves wanting to ditch their nine-to-five, wishing they had more time with their family. What most people want is to simply live the life that they choose and with plenty of money to do so. The good news is you can live an abundant life through apartment investing. Mark and Tamil Kenny with Think Multifamily help you take back the time and freedom so that you can live free from the stresses that burden so many. Through multifamily investing, they teach you how to set your family up for a lifetime of true success and fulfillment. They have helped hundreds of people just like you. Patrick, for example, who since working with Think Multifamily has purchased over 900 units with another 850 under contract. And at 27 years old, was able to quit his demanding job in corporate America. Regardless of your age or profession, Think Multifamily can help you create the life of your dreams. As hosts of the new Think Multifamily podcast, Mark and Tamil will walk you through the journey step-by-step to make sure you are completely set up for success. Through this interview-style podcast, you will gain a proven strategic apartment investing system And hear stories from successful investors, all to help you be light years ahead of those who try to do it alone. Subscribe to the Think Multifamily podcast today at thinkmultifamily.com forward slash podcast. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam, A Adams. And we are in number seven of eight. Of the eight ways that you're going to get into multifamily, I gave you a spoiler alert to, in the very next episode. After this, I'll be talking about the asset manager. And that's really going to be my favorite one because you will notice that there's going to be a lot of ways that you could be an asset manager, whether you have uh, a lot of experience or not. But let's talk about the experience partner itself. Again, the bank needs three things. What does the bank need to prove that you can close a deal? What does the bank need to prove that you can close a deal? Well, number one, the bank is going to need to see that you have enough liquidity. Basically, they say equal to the loan balance. Number two, the, the liquidity. Basically, what they're saying usually, and it's widely accepted but not always true, um, is that you're going to need about 10% post-closing liquidity. 10% of the loan, you're going to need to still have liquid and available. Um, sometimes it's really that you have to have a, a, few, a certain amount of months of uh, liquidity just kind of sitting in the bank. Um, so it just depends on what type of loan and who ha- who which. Um, if it's a HUD loan, if it's uh, a CMBS or a commercial mortgage-backed security loan, or if it's a Fannie Mae or a Freddie Mac, um, or if it's, if you're just going to a bank, right. And getting some type of commercial financing, uh, straight from the bank. And it's not by one of these other agencies, right? So anyway, they're looking at this. So they want to know that you have these three things and man, would they be crazy if they let somebody operate a 1000000 dollar property that had no experience ever. Yeah, they would be stupid. They would be nuts. And they don't do that. They're smarter than that. Take us back to um, the episode where we were talking about how um, in 2008, 9, 10, 11, how a lot of houses were getting foreclosed on. Um, The banks were smart enough to make sure that the people that were closing on these larger multifamily deals, they actually had experience. They actually had a track record first, right? Now, if you don't have a track record, don't think like I can't close on a deal at all. You just have to partner with somebody that has experience because that now the bank understands that somebody strong enough on the team is going to... Uh, Push this through the closing, and so what their bank is going to just watch out for is to make sure somebody on their team has that. Now, really, my ultimate dream is to only be an experienced partner one of these days. So, um, my ultimate dream is to just sign on people's loans. Be- well, really, I want to do it with the net worth, liquidity, and experience. Um, so that way, I can you know maybe get seven and a half percent for the net worth, seven and a half percent for like the liquidity. And maybe I could negotiate something like 20% uh, for the experience just because I I have the experience. So maybe I'd get 35% total of the general partnership by signing on the loan and uh, letting other people operate it. So obviously I would vet them, the vet the other people that were operating it. And I would want to be a little bit involved, just like the person that reached out to me um, with the net worth and liquidity. Reached out to me and said, "Adam, I really like you. I really trust you. I want to work with somebody that you know is transparent and just tells it like it is, and isn't you know trying to pretend on anything. I just want to work with somebody like you, and um, that's who what I would be doing too. So my ultimate goal is just to sign on people's loans. I, to, I have I'm going to have the net worth, the liquidity, and the experience." that I could just basically sign on their loans. And as I continue to do that, I can continue to build my portfolio with a little bit of leveraging other people's time. And uh, I would have the experience and I would throw them a bone so that they could uh, do more deals. But I would be overseeing it and making sure that they are going to operate it efficiently. Now I want to share with you um, how you're going to be compensated if you're the experienced partner. Well, technically, if you are the experienced partner, you probably have a ton of experience doing this already, and so you might not need to hear from me. But if you are somebody who's getting new and you, kidding new, you're already new. If you are somebody who's already new and you're kind of getting involved into large multifamily and and you have a place to strive to be. I really want you to strive to be like my, my, what I'm striving to be. And that's to, to sign on the loan, you know, cause my net worth is great. My experience is great. Um, whenever I have enough money, I'm just going to go passive and let my money work for me. Um, but as I sign on these loans or as you strive to also sign on these loans, because you've had the experience or as you partner with somebody else, who's doing that for you, what can you expect? Well, what I would say is the absolute lowest you would ever be able to give to somebody who has experience is like 5% of the deal. Now, um it's going to be a select person that probably didn't listen to this podcast. It's going to be a, a select person that that just feels like 5% is plenty. I mean, 5% of a 10 million dollar deal is going to is going to get them um what's it 15 grand up front and um that and you know maybe like 700 bucks a a month and, uh, you know, 30 grand at the end, but they don't really have to do anything. So they might be willing to sign a loan for something like that. Um, but you you're probably if, if they've heard this podcast or if they have their whole wits about them, they're probably going to ask for something like 15% or 20 or 25%. They're probably going to ask for that. Um, you know, I, I made a mistake and I'm going to share with you how, Um, how that worked out and how that turned out Um, my mistake uh, so that it doesn't happen to you. But I'm just sharing with you now that you want to expect it to be somewhere between uh, 15 and 25% usually. Okay. So 20% is pretty normal. Um, But there was this one time uh, a couple of years ago that we were doing like our second deal, our first deal, you know, my team uh, it was only a million dollar deal it was like 1.2 million. So we actually, uh, in our, within our house, uh, we were able to qualify for loan just fine on our own because we had enough net worth, enough liquidity and enough experience to close on, on a, on a million dollar loan. But our second one was $5 million and, um, we were still fairly new and, uh, we still didn't have a ton of money to ourselves. So we couldn't actually qualify for a $5 million loan and we were brand new. Uh, I mean, we, this was our second syndication a couple of years ago, like almost two plus years ago, and um, and as it being our second syndication and us kind of being green and not knowing exactly what to expect, um, what happened is we reached out to an operator who's a good friend of mine. Um, they, it's a funny story, but you're going to learn something from it. So um, they offered that, Hey, what we want to do is we want to, um, take half of the deal. Like we'll, we'll take 50% and give you guys the other 50%, um, to, to qualify for this. So our role, they said would be to, to qualify for the loan based on, um, the net worth. And, uh, and I think basically, I think we did need them for some of the liquidity as well. Cause we, we weren't that liquid. We might've had like 300 grand in the bank or whatever, but, um, they, we needed a little bit of what they had on the liquidity, the liquidity as well. But really the goal was we needed their net worth. We needed their extra $4 million on top of what we had to be able to even qualify for the loan. Right. So, um, what we, what we did is we, we partnered with them. They told us that they would need, um, they're like, yeah, we'll just take like half of it. And, um, and then we'll give you like the whole other half and, and we'll let you guys operate it. And, We'll make sure that it gets pushed across the finish line. Right. So that's how it worked. And later on, as we were, um, getting into it, my, my team was, um, a little bit sad. Like we were like, Holy cow, like we're giving up. We just feel like we had to give up a lot of the deal. And so we started asking questions and, um, we found out that, you know, it's not normal to give half the deal to the experienced partner. Um, it's not, it's just not normal to give half the deal to that person. So, um, it's not like they pulled the wool over our eyes, really. It's that they really expected to kind of throw an anchor and in sales, this is called an anchor. What, what that means is they, they expected that they would, that they would throw that if we, um, if they had to say the number first, Okay, so in, in sales, in negotiation, these this is an art. And you'll learn a lot of this if you read. Um, I met this guy once. His name is Chris um, Chris uh, Ross, Voss, Chris Voss. And um, he wrote a book called um, Never Split the Difference. Anyway, so um, met him like a year and a half ago, maybe. A year ago, a year and a half ago. Um, kind of when he was starting to be famous. He's actually more famous now today. Um, everybody seems to have read his book now, but, um, back then, uh, he was, he was going through these, these details of, of anchoring price anchoring and, um, and not being the first person to say the word. Like this is a common thing that you learn in sales. And so this team, um, thought that they were, uh, if they had to be the first person to say the number, which you're not supposed to technically, they say in, in negotiation in the art of negotiation. Uh, you don't want to be the first he who talks first loses, they say. So uh, I didn't want to be, I was like, I'm going to be smart. I said, I'm going to be smart. And I'm going to let them say the first number. I thought I was being clever. And they said 50%. And we talked about it. And we're like, I guess we can do 50%. I didn't even think to bring them down. But after, you know, those guys said to me, they said, Hey, Adam, I, I, I just, I mean, we're closing now and, and everything, all a contract's a contract, but I'm, uh, I never expected you to say yes to 50%. Like I really expected you guys to, you know, come back at us with a counter offer. Um, so just let that be a lesson to you listening. If you're the one who's, um, who's partnering with a net worth or experience or liquidity partner or somebody who kind of has it all, you probably don't need to give them half the deal. You you might give them at, at the highest amount. You might give them like 35% of the deal because you're going to add up 5, uh, 7.5% plus 7.5% plus around like 20%. And that's going to be fair enough. Anyway, it's my goal um, to to own you know, 35% of the deal, 30% of the deal over and over and over because I have uh, liquidity, net worth and experience. I just signed on those loans. It's a fantastic way to be involved, but I guess it's not the way to get involved right away um, exactly, but you could easily sign on a loan like this. And if you need somebody um, to do that, I do have quite a bit of experience myself uh, being involved in uh, 1400 doors so far as I record this. Um, I have enough experience over the last 15 years, uh, 14 years of being involved in real estate that, um, that the banks look at me as, as somebody who has the experience that I can just literally sign on your loan, take 20% of the deal. I won't have to do much, but I'll own a, a good amount of it. And me and my team will just kind of watch over you and make sure that you are going to actually bring that deal across the finish line. We will be part of that deal for you. So I just, I'll, I'll offer that now uh, because it's something that I'm really looking forward to doing more of. Um, we've we've kind of done it once or twice. We've helped people out a little bit and we really want to grow. Uh, I personally want to grow that part of the business because it's more passive of a role than many of these other roles on the operating team. So um, we're talking about the eight ways to get into multifamily. And in the next one, we're talking about the asset manager. And I think you'll be surprised, honestly. I think you'll be surprised at um, who might make a good asset manager. So uh, anyway, let's just get into that episode. So I'll see you right there. Thank you for listening to this episode of the eight ways that you can be getting involved in a multifamily sooner. And I'm talking, you could be getting involved in a multifamily today or tomorrow, like right away and not waiting uh, 90 days or six months or two years down the line to get started. You can actually do it right away. So if uh, if you haven't heard the 8th episode yet, then that means that the next episode is coming up right away. It'll give you another strategy, a tip-trick strategy of how to get involved. And by the way, I hope I see you at the Raising Money Summit October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. My podcast listeners get a giant discount, a 15% discount. We're being generous. Uh, so we want to give you that discount to any level of tickets. And honestly if you do get value out of this podcast if if you liked this episode and you know that i'm coming from a good place and always wanting to give you value it would mean the world to me if you took a, a couple of minutes like one to two minutes out of your day to just quickly give us a rating and you to tell us a little bit more of your thoughts like that means the world to me and so if you've already done it i'm Super, super grateful. And if, if you've just kind of been on the fence and, and, you, and you haven't given a rating or review, um, I hope you'll uh, hop off the fence and just give us a quick rating or review and tell, tell me what you think about the show. It made the world to me. So um, the next of the eight ways that you can get involved in multifamily is right here.